0: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at P1Australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostard. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars from the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we hear from the man whose team is leading the driver's championship, and he's looking to try and get the team's championship wrapped up as well.
1: A positive mindset does make a big difference, no matter what anyone says, and um, yeah, he's had the the most positive mindset all year that I've seen out of any driver. And I'll get to add to that too. To add to that too. They, they didn't care what the other the old car felt like. They, they knew that there was a... And if they didn't like the feel of the car, bad luck. Just get on with it.
0: Barry Ryan with some straight shooting here on Inside Supercars. And it starts now.
2: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by a man who has a very big weekend coming up from Barry Ryan, managing director, CEO, big dog, whatever, of Erebus Motorsport. Welcome back, Barry Ryan.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Yep, sounds like a pretty flashy introduction, but I'm not that special.
2: (laughs) Come on, come on. There aren't that many who've won championships, mate, and uh, look, I'm not wanting to moz you at all or anything like that, but... um, You've got to say that this has been a, a pretty special year for Erebus um, for a whole bunch of different reasons, but I would really like to just sort of go back to 2022. You know, obviously there's been an enormous amount of things that have led up to the introduction of Gen 3. Now, the big thing that you did as Erebus Motorsport took on the program of the build and you actually picked up the tools again.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, a little bit, yeah, in the. My... Obviously, the rush to build the things from late last year to the start of this year, I was I was on the floor with the boys just helping, and that's my background being a mechanic, so um, it's, um, nothing for me to do that, and I actually really enjoy it. It's good to get back in the shop every now and again.
2: Obviously, the cars were well suited, both Will and Brody. Obviously, they're, they're two drivers who you had nurtured and got on board very early in their driving careers. But the, the thing that seemed so evident was that they were both at home in your cars, right from Newcastle, from those first practice sessions. Is it the build quality that you think that you were controlling that made that so well suited to them?
1: I oh, yeah, would love to take credit for that. But yeah, I think it's the whole combination of things. and. Yeah, a little bit mental too that we all know that you know we've got no excuses now that we've got equal equipment to everyone else as in component wise you can adjust everything everybody else has got that no one's got anything better essentially so yeah we'd we love to think our cars are built as good as they can be built but everybody should say that and if they don't they should do a better job then but our cars we spend a lot of money and time on the jigging to make sure the chassis was as good as it could be and You know, everything we did, we just took that one step extra to make sure it was right, whether it was down to the way you set the wheel bearings or, you know, the way we zip-tie the wiring loom. Everything's down to the the detail, which every team should do these days because they're all professionals.
2: Speaking of, you know, driver's mindset, which you you raised, it's, it's obviously not just their mindset because it's the application of what they did. I mean, they clearly had in their minds that they knew that they they could cut down the the triple eight demon. They knew that they were capable of doing it, it but there were, must have been something that you brought into them and their way of doing things that helped them achieve that.
1: Yeah, I think what like you said there, they're, they're both very confident um, drivers and people, particularly Brody. Like um, he just knew if he had equal equipment with everyone else, he was better than them and could win. And that's, that's his mindset. And, some people see that as arrogant, but I see it as that uh, he's just got a lot of self-belief and, and Will's not far off that either. Um, he, uh, Brody's just at another level to any driver I've ever worked with. So when he, when he knew he had a car that was going to be at least as good as everybody else, he had the same tools to tune as everyone else. Of course he thought he was going to be able to win. And um, yeah, he's gone out there and yeah, just with a, a positive mindset does make a big difference. No matter what anyone says. And um, yeah, he, he's had the, the most positive mindset all year that I've seen out of any driver, and I'll get to add to that too. To add to that too, they they didn't care what the other the old car felt like. They, they knew that there was a, and if they didn't like the feel of the car, bad luck. Just get on with it and make it so they um, they enjoy driving it, and that's what they've
2: done. Interesting you bring that up because it was one of the things that knocked me off my socks a little bit at uh, Phillip Island in the TCR round when Will was driving there. I remember him just sort of jumping out, as invariably he does, uh, jumping out of his skin full of energy, and uh, talking about how as long as Shane goes around winning and complaining, we'll keep winning, because he's got his eyes off the ball and we're, we're paying attention to it. And I thought it was really interesting that he should see that the fact that Shane Jane wasn't paying attention to what he should be doing. In other words, thinking far too much about the old car and not the new car. and It just seemed to me that Will certainly had his mind very switched on.
1: Yeah, you're you're definitely right. There's Majority of the drivers in the category um, have been complaining most of the year, whether it's not just the Ford guys, but they don't like the feel of certain things and they don't like the feel of the steering rack and, you know, the car's not as nice as the old car, and who cares? Like, just get on with it. And I think the drivers that have gone on with it most, like probably Brock Feeney as well, compared to Shane. Like, I don't rate Brock anywhere near as high as I rate Shane, but Brock's just got on with it. So that's another mindset thing. Uh,
2: one of the subjects that I, I also wanted to raise with you was um, Bathurst. And, you know, clearly you you and your team, you know how to win there. Um, Brody and Will haven't been on the top step yet it all pointed so much to you know Erebus having another win having another Bathurst 1000 win I I don't see anything dramatically going wrong but obviously something happened in that Sunday race where you just didn't have enough
1: yeah I think at the end of the day credit where credit's due for triple eight they the 97 car pretty much didn't have a problem all day they they nailed the strategy both drivers did a really really good job and We got 99% of it right, and the 1% um, we got wrong uh, got a second place. So, um, yeah, I think that's all it is. We didn't do anything major wrong. We just um, didn't get it 100% right like they did.
2: It seems incredible that, you know, already there'd been two or three instances, of both Brad Jones, Premier, um, had instances of that gear shift or the gear tower um, breakages or coming apart, something. Have you had greater looks at it? I mean, can you give me some indication that, you know, is this going to be cropping up again?
1: I know, from what I understand, like we had, the, we had one crack at Newcastle at the start of the year, so we immediately um, worked on a fix and i think we did some strengthening for agp and then we got a new design um implemented which was yeah probably 100 percent stronger than what the original one was and for some reason triple eight was still using the original one so um yeah that's sort of i guess they've overlooked that or didn't think it was a problem but yeah it was very surprising to hear that they still had the original gear shift tower so I don't think there's going to be a problem from now on because the way we um, we stiffened it up, and that was gone. That went out to all the teams, so everybody had a chance to to do the same thing, and for some reason they didn't. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem again.
0: Have you done the forensic analysis on what happened at the ride day at Sandown?
1: Oh yeah, we've done yeah plenty of work on that, and the category has, and all the um, engineering group, and yeah, it's just it seems as though at the moment it's just a one-off and uh there's not not a, very, a really solid explanation of of why um that that side of the car did have a wheel come loose at the test day could have put a bit extra load on it but you know out of day 25 cars there's, there's at least uh 50 of those maybe 75 of those spindles running around and no one had a problem when we got when we checked them all and crack tested them so hopefully it's just a one-off but um, because it was you know, a situation where you don't want a wheel falling off a car, there's going to be plans put in place to make them that little bit stronger, just, just to make sure we've got um, no questions in the future.
0: It's one thing that it's a control category. The rules are the rules, and you don't get to do a lot of influencing on them directly. And certainly you weren't the homologating team. So are you happy with this race car? Are you a fan of this race car or... Would you have liked to see it built different?
1: Like at the end of the day, there's always everybody's going to pick on everybody. That's the engineering world, the motorsport world. But if I just be honest about it, yeah, the, the car's actually pretty good. Like there's, there's if you put a, if I put a list together now, which I did the other day of things we need to fix, it's it's pretty small. And you know, if you want to be arrogant about it and say you're better than the people that designed it, yeah, you might have a list of twenty things, but. It's actually not that bad. So, um, yeah, and the things we want to fix are just things like the headlights and the taillights and the Camaro are pretty complicated and expensive, and we think there's ways to do that better. But the actual chassis-wise, the suspension, steering rack, all that is fine once it's managed properly, and you know you've got the same as everyone else, so you just, just get on with it. It's There's nothing really bad about it.
0: A lot's been said about your attitude at Bathurst, and, and particularly towards the parody let them have it might make it worse might make it better but we want to run the best that has been a philosophy that you've you've probably had since larry because it sounds like a very larry philosophy give it to them we'll beat them anyway
1: yeah yeah that's you want to know they're equal with you, and you don't want to be um, discredited for the job you've done. And I don't think we should be this year because um, we're still raised triple eight and we're in them currently, so we shouldn't be um, discredited for anything. But when I saw the facts of the, the aero changes they wanted, it was so minute that it wasn't worth any bad press, and it wasn't worth um, the sport going through another crap scenario of you know um, Paul Ford. So. I just saw it as a, a good chance to tick a box there and, yeah, unfortunately, it was all a bit too late and I can't say the other GM teams didn't agree. They just didn't didn't have the time to agree properly where you know, I made the time
0: to, to get the facts. And moving to the Gold Coast now, it's a race that has been part of the endurance calendar before. As a part owner of, of the team, at least, maybe not the championship anymore, do you think that this race needs to go back to a two-driver race and and have a three-race enduro series or do you are you happy with the 600 format
1: yeah i think what we've got is fine i don't think it needs to be a two we don't need any more than two enduros in my opinion that's that's enough anyway and um am trying to you know it's a, it's a team's championship and a driver's championship and Throwing another driver in there, you know, for two races a year is enough. I don't, I don't think we need to do any more than that. So, especially somewhere like the Gold Coast, it's it's pre- pretty easy to make mistakes, and um, you know, co-drivers are hard to come by. You know, good solid co-drivers, and yeah, you know, um, yeah, we just think of the crazy days when we had internationals that come over, and there was just such a massive risk. But um, yeah, I, I think. Gold Coast shouldn't be an enduro, it should be just a one driver thing, and um, you know, best driver wins.
2: Speaking of the calendar, I myself am disappointed that the Newcastle race has been pulled. I thought it was a a terrific event, brought focus to a part of New South Wales that normally doesn't get much focus, and I thought the drivers did an amazing job um, on what is a very tight track, um, in very few incidents have have shown up there over the uh, three or four years that they've run there. Your feelings about going back to a Newcastle in the future?
1: Yeah it was a great event I I, I don't understand it but I, I don't claim to understand governments and councils either but it seems to be a, a, a bit of a petty petty thing from what I've read that you know it sounds like the government wanted to sign a five year contract but couldn't they only had the budget actually approved for one year so they did, they wanted to do a one plus four which you know it's a standard sort of contract or they use maybe two by 2s or and the council didn't agree Based on that is, is, it's strange. There's obviously more to it. There's all obviously um, the councillor must be waiting to get voted back in or something or, I don't know, and they're trying to keep some of the residents happy. Or, I think it's crazy. But anyway, it's what, what we've got, and hopefully it's back in 2025.
2: Now I, I'm sure that you must have been um, close to uh, seeing the calendar in its maybe not final form, but close to. Um, we understand. I hear that you know there are only twelve events for 2024, including the, you know New Zealand back in again. Of course, uh, your feelings on just twelve events?
1: Oh look, you know, um, Supercars have been pretty guarded on it too, which is good, and trying to make sure that it doesn't leak out too much and uh... I've seen a little bits and pieces, obviously, because team owners groups and commissions and stuff. But, um, yeah, twelve's OK, but it'd be nice to do more. The, the drivers are always screaming for more racing, but it's all down to the money. So the sport has to make money. They can't just um, make friends. So if they can make a 13th and 14th event work, well, great, let's go do more racing.
2: Uh, you probably haven't been to a taupe or racetrack uh, as yet, have you?
1: Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, I did a super tour touring race there. With Greg Murphy and Jack Perkins actually back in um I can't remember, but two thousand twelve, I think. Yeah. It was good. Yeah,
2: I, I was there for a couple it's a terrific little venue and I, I loved, I went to the A1 GPs there and I can so remember the European engineers saying it is like being in Europe, you know, with the pine trees and the little hills and, uh, you know, it's terrific to hear them talking so positively about being at, you know, quite a remote track in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great location and a great little track. and I think the biggest thing is trying to squeeze enough crowd in there because they're obviously going to get inundated with people that want to go. New Zealand's um, star for motorsports. So, yeah, I think it's going to be huge, and they can keep building on that over the next few years and get the capacity up, and obviously there's a safety thing with capacity as much as anything, not just jamming people in there. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what it does in the next few years.
2: Um, one quick one. Um, I'm sure you you should be aware. If you're not, that there'd be a vast number of people, motorsport fans around Australia and New Zealand, who would be uh, looking forward to seeing a new team, a new driver taking that uh, overall championship. Um, it must be something that you're conscious of, even though it's obviously something that you know you have no control over, other than doing as good a job as you can.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good to good to read that sort of stuff and know that everybody wants to beat Red Bull and there's even other teams in pit lane that are like, if we can do anything to help you, just yell out. So, you know, there's a, um, it's it's good to know that we've got some popularity there and um, yeah, that hasn't put any more pressure on. We're just going every race trying to win. So, you know, Brody having the lead he's got is actually pretty handy because you can almost have a DNF if Shane wins and. And still get there, and we haven't had any DNFs all year in his car. Or I think Will's just had one tail and bend, but reliability is going to be a big thing. And our cars have been really reliable, so I think you know, confidence wise, there's no reason we should be thinking we're not going to run in the top five at least for the next four races. And it, it pretty much shows that Brody's going to get four top fours if Shane wins all four races. So that's probably the only thing we're looking at that you know. Gotta make sure we finish every race for a start. And um, you know if we don't finish a race, make sure we win a couple to keep, keep him up there and obviously keep him Will up there too, because the team's championship is just as important, if not more.
2: Indeed. Um, Barry, well, we first met close to 30 years ago, um, you're still the same competitive beast I remember when you were working with uh, Johnny Faulkner. Um, I-, I wish you all the very best and I'm sure tens of thousands of people around this country to you and Erebus, Will, Brody and, B- and Betty. Um, have a great weekend at the Gold Coast. I'll be watching it on KO, and look forward to seeing you in the streets of Adelaide. Thank you so much for joining us again on Inside Supercast, Barry Ryan.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll be doing everything we can to win.
0: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.